Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? series called The Christian Checklist. It's under our Spiritual Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation.com.
the foundation. That is J-A-E-F dot foundation. God told Joshua something in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that I believe most Christians overlook. You see, Joshua had been given the responsibility to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to possess it. And God was giving him some last minute instructions before they set off. So picture yourself as the commander in chief. How would you as the commander in chief instruct your army general who is heading out to the battlefield? I'm sure most of us would be looking over battle strategy, tactics, and so forth. However, God's last departure instructions to Joshua seem to be both ironic and iconic. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in this book day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in this book, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The book of the law that God was referring to wasn't a book containing fighting instructions and battle tactics. No. The book of the law was a combination of God's moral laws, civil laws, and sanitary laws. Interesting right? I think so. However, I want to draw our attention to these specific phrases used by God in verse 8. He said, the law. Now today, to ask Christians, this means God's instructions. Then he also said, meditate day and night. This is a suggestion of a daily routine. Practice remembering these laws, meditate them, ponder them. He also said, observe to do all of it. Put, it in, put them into action. Put God's statutes into action daily. Then by, do, by doing all the above, it's inevitable that whatever you do, you will prosper and have good success. Whether it's a business relationship, romantic relationship, mental health, finances, leadership, physical health, you name it. Just like Joshua was guaranteed good success in possessing a foreign land, likewise God guarantees us good success if we meditate and do all of his statutes. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And Peter also told the scattered believers around the world to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. With this in mind, and the awareness of the times, that we currently live in today. As a Christian, you can no longer afford to just wake up and dash out of the door. You need to remind yourself daily that you are like a soldier going out to the battlefield and whether or not you get back home to your family depends on the kind of armory that you go out with 
on the battlefield. Whether you like it or not, accept it or not, as a Christian out in the world today, you need to be thoroughly equipped before you encounter the day. In fact, I like to think of it as it's kill or be killed. So the Christian checklist is just a guide that you can use to stay sharpened and well-rounded in the different areas of your Christian walk. The Christian checklist will help you cover your spiritual blind spots. We hope this series blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Cause the light has shown us No fear's big enough to own us We were never meant to fit in these folders Know this, I ain't scared of these poses Over time we all face opponents They thought they could mess with this focus They forgot the end of the climb's the coldest Know this, life's a battlefield of moments Hold this We are the one here We persevere As we approach the line We march through all those fears That kept us here Walls, you can't hold us. If we just keep running away, we'll never make it alive. Till we stand and we fight, aim fire and blow it away. We're storming enemy lines, leaving no one behind. Welcome back to episode three of the Christian Checklist. We are talking about how we should start being methodical about our Christian believers walk of faith. And one of the things we introduced in the last two episodes was that just like people who work in very high risk environments, likewise, based on the biblical timeline of the end times, we should see to it, that we have all our bases covered. It's easy for us to get too comfortable in the paths of our Christian walk that don't really stretch us and end up paying very little attention to the other areas of our Christian walk, which creates blind spots and weak links and the chain of our armor. The Christian checklist is a tool we can use to do routine tune-ups in different areas of our believers' walk of faith. That's what we have been, that's the foundation that we have been laying in the last two episodes. We say the success, the key to our success and life of victory 
As Christian believers depends on how many of God's instructions we meditate upon, the more of his instructions you understand and put into action daily, the more success you are guaranteed. The more success you are guaranteed. For instance, you can even have a, a, a mental checklist, kind of like a preparation. If you, let's say one of the things that you mass meditate about or calibrate your mind to is let's say scenario or unfolding of events that will that you will perhaps run into either at work, school, or home. You need to ask yourself beforehand, how will you react when that awkward interaction with so-and-so at work comes up? Will you lose your cool like you did last week? So when you prepare beforehand, you are guaranteed success in the outcome of that interaction. You know, how will you, you have to prepare beforehand? How will you react to the Thanksgiving table when so-and-so shows up? You must fix your heart. You must meditate on, if this happens, this is how I will react. You must prepare beforehand to increase your chances of a desired outcome. We say that reacting last moment in the heat of the battle is where most Christians lose the battle. They think that in the heat of the battle, God's supernatural ability will always whisk them away from trouble. But remember, Scripture says that walk after the Spirit and you will not satisfy the flesh. It's not, it's not something that springs up in the heat of the moment. You have to meditate on some of the interactions you are going to have throughout the day. So, with this background, I wanted us to transition into, um, I wanted us to start off with some scriptures from Romans chapter 8, because these will add to this foundation that we are building for the Christian checklist and how we get to use this spiritual checklist. So this is from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 14, and it reads, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is not of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies 
by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And then verse 14 wraps up by saying, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, it's very interesting that he, it says one of the key things that, that, that I really take away from it, it says, if you live according to the flesh, you set your minds on things of the flesh. But if you live according to the spirit, you set your mind according to the things of the spirit. And then even tells you that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And it even goes farther in verse 7 to say, why is being carnally minded death, but spiritually minded life and peace? It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now, let us, as an illustration, you let us try to apply the scriptures to this scenario that we're all familiar with. As human beings, the most common way to tell that we are really minding the things of the flesh or we're being kernelly minded is when we walk according to how we feel, is when we let our feelings dictate and guide how we move, the decisions we make and all of that. So every human being, all of us are familiar with these feelings of being discouraged, feeling of grief, feeling of betrayal, feeling of financial pressure, um, the feeling of when sickness is coming, is trying to come onto you, you know, those sickness symptoms, feelings of condemnation, feeling of being overwhelmed, feeling of loneliness, sadness, defeat. We're all familiar with these feelings, but our feelings can't be trusted. And that's what basically Romans chapter eight for the most part is telling us is that if you live according to the flesh, according to your feelings, you're always going to set your mind on your feelings. But if you live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. To, to set your mind on, on your feelings is death. But to be spiritually minded is where you're going to receive life and peace. Because your feelings can't be trusted. Now, here's a flow process. Most times, by the time we feel something, we are probably two stages in. We're two stages into this snowball of maybe feeling discouraged, grief, betrayal, condemnation, overwhelm, loneliness, sadness, defeat. Most times by the time we feel a sudden kind of way, we already two stages in into this snowball effect. What do I mean? So it starts out with exposure. Exposure. This can mean what or who you are hanging around, hearing, 
what you're hearing, what you're watching, what you're doing, exposure, right? And most times exposure comes in through the I get or the ear get, right? That's how most of the times we are, we, we receive exposure into our system. Now, when exposure comes, exposure triggers certain thoughts. And as you keep on meditating on these thoughts and thinking on them and thinking on them and thinking on them and thinking on them, they then trigger certain feelings. So most times when people are feeling a certain way, they tend to try to fight the feeling instead of going back up the chain and say, what? How, what am I thinking? And you realize that you're thinking things that are causing you to feel a certain way. Your thoughts trigger your feelings. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings come from your thoughts. Someone might say, I don't believe that. Well, do you know that you can wake up today? You're having a very good day. You're feeling very fine. But then you receive a certain kind of text message or maybe an email, or maybe you see a news headline. You are exposed to a, a text message, email, phone call that exposes you to some information, whether that information is true or not. But the moment you start to think about the information that you've just been exposed to, you go from feeling happy or feeling good to feeling sad so do you see that your feelings are tossed around like the waves of the sea as james says do not be tossed about our feelings change with our exposure now you could be feeling sad down on yourself feeling lonely defeated and then you are exposed maybe to a text message to an email or to a news headline that has good something to say. And that the moment you start to think about that, it triggers feelings of happiness or feeling encouraged or feeling loved. So Romans eight is trying to tell us here that, Hey, if you live according to the flesh, you set your minds according to the things of the flesh. Basically, if you live according to feelings, you're always going to set your mind, the temperature, your thermostat, according to how you feel. So if you feel bad, it all cascades from down there. It's going to affect your mood, how you interact with people, because you are focused on how you feel. But if you live according to the Spirit, and we know that the Word of God is Spirit, it's truth and it's life, the things of the Spirit, if you focus your mind on the things of the Spirit, that is where life and peace come from. Life and peace don't come from being carnally minded. 
That's what Romans chapter 8 is trying to teach us here. And it says this is never going to change because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And it goes on even to say, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're going to God and, and you're crying and complaining and all your prayers are saying, I feel bad, I feel terrible, I feel defeated, I feel condemned, you're not pleasing him. Those are not the kind of prayers that are pleasing to him. Because you, everything you're telling him is how you feel. Everything you're telling him is how you feel. You feel lonely, you feel depressed, you feel, you feel, you feel. And that's a problem with our world today. The world today, the problem that we have today is that even all these meditation apps, all, all of these things, counseling sessions, they're trying to have to change people's feelings. They're trying to get people to deal or handle or leave or manage their feelings. That if you feel a certain way, that it's okay. That, that if you ended up, because this is the flow chart, right? Exposure triggers thoughts. Thoughts trigger feelings. Feelings trigger decisions. Decisions trigger actions. Actions trigger habits. Habits trigger character. Character defines your destiny. Your exposure will lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts will lead to your feelings. Your feelings will lead to your decisions. Your decisions will become your actions. Your actions will become your habits. Your habits will become your character. And your character will become your destiny or your destination. So all of these counseling sessions out there, people are trying to get everybody to learn how to cope with their feelings. So we have people who feel like a man, who feel like maybe they don't want to be a woman anymore. They feel like they're not a woman. And guess what? It triggers decisions, a decision to change their sex. And that decision becomes an action where they actually go in and get, try to get new hormones or get hormone suppressors, right? But where did it start? Your feelings started from your exposure, which triggered your thoughts. We don't always feel good when we wake up in the morning. Just because you don't feel good when you wake up in the morning doesn't mean it do you, like doesn't mean that you call in every day and you tell your boss that you can't show up to work. No. So in one in one context of the, of, of of life we are able to suppress or override those feelings and say, just because I woke up and I don't feel good, doesn't mean I'm not going to make the decision that I will not go to work because you understand there's a consequence there. If this becomes a habit, right? But when it comes to our well-being, our mental health, uh, dealing with our sexuality, uh, dealing with the fears of life, dealing with all the other aspects outside of having to show up to work. We just, we are um, 
growing a whole generation and teaching them that it's okay to make decisions based on your feelings. The Bible says this is not okay. The Word of God is saying that because your feelings can be changed. If we expose you to something different, it's just inevitable that you will feel different. So if you're feeling a certain way, there is a reason that there's something you're thinking about that is not good. And the problem is that in this world, um, people don't realize that most of our thoughts, the exposure that we have on social media and out in, in just the world right now is so toxic. So people are trying to fight feelings instead of fighting exposure. But they don't want to fight exposure. They don't want to limit or control the kind of content that is online. No. It's everybody's my rights. I have a right to expose myself the way I feel. I have a way to, I have the right to expose myself. I have the right to expose my body, how I feel. I have a right to think how I think. If I think what I think is true, that's my truth. You have your truth. I have my truth. It's not true if it's different facets. So we are trying to put a handle on how people feel and giving them all these medications and uh, um, uh, diagnosing everybody as ADHD, as depressed, anxiety, giving them all these medications and just making this whole thing worse. Because we just don't want to accept that, hey, what are they thinking about? Oh, wait, what are they exposing themselves to? Anybody that has been on social media knows this, that the days when you don't spend time on social media are probably the best days in your life. They are. If you don't expose yourself to the fake news, to the deceits, to everybody, this is my right, this is my truth, all that kind of junk out there right now, just all the negativity out there, all the cancel culture out there, and how everybody feels that there is no right or wrong, that depend everything is depends how you look at it. Everybody knows that if you do not spend time in that environment, you start to think different things and your feelings are different. So our feelings can't be trusted because think about this. You could receive a phone call today or an email. Let me say you're talking, you were at work and, and, and you're, you were talking to one of your colleagues and they overheard, let's say, someone from management saying that they are planning to do layoffs. And this person comes to you during the lunch break and says, guess what? The company is going to be doing layoffs. Now, this is secondhand information that you're receiving. You're not sure, you have no confirmation that it's even gonna be from your department, but guess what? You start to you've been exposed to secondhand information from someone. You start to think about this, you start to meditate on this, you start to say, oh, you even start to come up with scenarios and say, oh, I just had an argument with my boss. I don't even think he likes me that much. I think he's already put my name, shortlisted my name for people to be laid off. 
You start to think about all these things. Guess what? Your feelings change. You enter into this depressed mood. You start to feel sad. You start to feel beat down. You start to feel discouraged. And this starts to affect you because now you're mad at everybody. You lose patience. You lose your calm at the grocery line or maybe at Starbucks or maybe you are the grocery line and the and the teller uh, doesn't do something right and you snap at them or maybe you're driving in traffic and you're cutting off everybody or you feel like everybody's trying to cut you off and you're showing the finger to everyone you're just mad you're mad at your spouse you're mad at your kids maybe your friends want to invite you uh over for maybe a games night but you turn it down because you say i'm just not feeling well i'm going through certain things but all of this is based off of secondhand information that hasn't yet even been confirmed to you look at how it has affected your mood look at how it has triggered thought these thoughts of triggered feelings that have now caused decisions and now you're acting a certain way only for you to come in next week and your boss says your division or your department is safe there won't be any layoffs in your department and he says actually he was wrong in the way that he reacted to your the work that you submitted to him and he's actually very pleased with how you've been performing. All of a sudden, your feelings change. So you go back to feeling happy and sad. But what happened to all like the last 10 days or seven days, or maybe think about this, if this was a month, do you see how your feelings can steal 30 days from you? Think about it if the friend or, the, or your colleague who told you about this thing told you the beginning of the month, and you don't have this interaction that I just described with your boss at the end of the month. Do you see how your feelings that came from thoughts, that came from exposure to secondhand information that was not accurate, stole 30 days from you of your life that you will never get back? People don't understand the cost of following your feelings. I don't always feel good when I go to the gym. I don't always feel good when I when, when I want to uh, do some of this podcast. I don't always feel good. One of the greatest things that one of the greatest state statements that I've I've heard is you have to go from feeling your way into acting to act your way into feeling. Meaning, you don't go and say. I don't feel I don't feel strong or I don't feel good so I'm not going to go to the gym or I don't feel good so I'm not going to do this. You know what I mean? Like you wake up in the morning and you're trying to feel your way into the kind of things you you're going to do today. I've been there before where you wake up and you first say how do I feel today and then you start to say ah uh, I was supposed to go grocery shopping. I won't do it. I don't feel good. Uh, I was supposed to meet up with so-and-so. I don't feel good. I'm going to cancel that. So you go into canceling everything. All your actions become dependent on how you feel. No. You should act your way into feeling. Feelings will catch up. Feelings will catch up with you. This is what I'm trying to share. 
Romans chapter 8 is telling us to be dominated by the Spirit. Let your spirit dominate you. Why? Because feeling is the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your mind or your soul. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. Let me repeat that. Feeling is the voice of your body. Reason is the voice of your mind. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. If we go by feeling, then we are going to get in trouble. Or if we go by any of the physical senses, then we are going to get in trouble because our bodies are dominating us. And then we, and then we forget that we contact this world with our physical senses. So we contact this world, this physical world, with our physical senses, with our five senses. But remember, Scripture says Satan is the God of this world. So Satan will find entrance into us through our physical senses very often and begin to dominate us. So it makes no difference whether you felt like something or so or not, or whether you felt like God heard you, especially let's say if you pray, if you prayed about something. If the word of God states it, if the word of God says it, it is true. That's what Romans is saying. But those that are those that are spiritually minded to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It says, but they that are after the things of the spirit. They that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. They let the spirit, the, the word of God, dictate with finality. You see, when I pray about something, Christians, we have to learn. When you pray about something, stop looking for feelings. Stop trying to feel, oh, that, that prayer felt good. That means God answered it. No, prayer has nothing to do with how you feel. Eliminate feelings Stop letting feelings dictate whether God had your prayers or not. Do not let your faith depend, be determined by how you feel. Base your faith on the word of God, not on your feelings. Base your faith on the word of God and not your feelings. Romans 8.16 doesn't say that the spirit bears witness with our bodies. No, it says the spirit bears witness with our spirit. Your body may tell you a lot of things. Your body can tell you a lot of things. But remember, your body is being dominated by Satan, who's the God of this world. That's how he has access to you. God has access to you through your spirit. Satan has access to you through your five senses. So he's going to cause a colleague to send you secondhand information about a layoff, which is not true. And then he will steal the next 30 days from you. We have to learn not to walk by our feelings. We cannot walk by our feelings. So, once again, your exposure will trigger your thoughts. And once you start thinking certain things, 
your thoughts will trigger your feelings. Your feelings will trigger decisions. Your decisions will lead to actions. Your actions will become your habits and your habits will turn into your character and your character will become your destiny. You have to be very mindful of this. We as Christians have to start being spirit dominated. Let the spirit dominate you. As Christians, one of the checklists, one of the things that we need to, and I know we shall really get into a lot of this stuff with just different spiritual checklists, but one of the things that we have to keep our focus and attention on is we have to be inside out minded. Instead, let the world be outside inward, outside inward minded. Let them depend on their feelings to determine their decisions, decisions, actions, actions, habits, habits, character, character, destiny. But as Christians, it's imperative that we follow what God has given us here. He's even telling us if we walk in the flesh, we cannot please him. You know, at a certain point, I used to think that maybe my carnal mind will come around, the mind of reason, the mind of the flesh. But ever since I read that the carnal mind, this is from Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it says, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, which is the law of the spirit, and neither indeed can be. So it's as good as, it's as good as, um, um, if you, you just have to get to a point to be like, okay, I have feelings, but feelings for me should just be an alert that Satan is trying to get the better of me. He doesn't want me to walk in the spirit because all the benefits of God come through the spirit. That's why as Christians, we have to be inside outward minded. Start from the inside, inside out. Feelings, most people feel, feel that, well, I've got all these feelings. Well, if God didn't want me to use them, why did he give them to me? It's a good question. Feelings, so think about it. It was impossible for you to walk by the spirit before you were born again. A Christian who's born again, their spirit has been born again and is in, it has come into communion with the Father's spirit. So when you are born again, you can discern, you can move by the spirit. When you're not born again, also think about it. Um, when you, let's say if you put your hand um, on, a, on, a, on a stove and it was hot, right let's say like like when you're when you're a young child you you basically use your feelings that's how you go through life something is hot you touch it you go wow ouch right so feelings from like a spiritual standpoint even from a you know like a physical natural environment interaction you know like 
you, you use your eyes to cross the road. You don't use your spirit. So there's a place, there's a place and time that we use our senses, basically. Let, let, that's what I want to say. But the thing is, when you use your senses to, to, to receive information, maybe through your eyes, through your ears, through your test buds, uh, through touch, there are feelings that are triggered. But as we become spiritually mature, you now have to start discerning and say, okay, this is how I feel. But what does the word of God say? Which is spirit. So if the word, if your feeling is running contrary to the word of God, then you know that that feeling is misleading. It is very, it is, it is very more, it's more than possible that now Satan is trying to influence you from moving into certain direction by sending you a false feeling. The thing is that feelings cannot be trusted. That's the whole point. Feelings change based on the information you receive. So it's not in some, you, you cannot really bank on them because today you might feel good, tomorrow you won't. Based on just change of information or the weather. Today you might feel good because the sun is out. And you might totally make different actions that you need to do. But tomorrow you might wake up and it's raining and you will not feel good. And so you will end up canceling all the things that you need to do because of how you feel, which is based on the weather. You see, so you cannot really rely on your feelings as a way to move in life. So God wants us to step into a higher realm, which is walking by the spirit. Because it says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's where true life and peace come from, is when we're spiritually minded. So by these passages of scripture from Romans chapter 8, it's clearly telling us that if we were on a highway, as an example, if you're on a highway driving a car, you can either drive it in the gear of the flesh or in the gear of your feelings, where you move and make every decision based on how you feel or what your flesh tells you. Or there's this higher realm. There, this, there, there is this other gear. And let's call it a spiritual GPS that you can follow to drive the car of your life. So as we go through life as we drive on this highway called life we have two options we can either drive our car in the gear of the flesh in the gear of feelings and follow the gps of feelings or we can choose to drive in the gear of the spirit and follow the gps of the spirit as human beings specifically christian believers who have a born-again spirit you can be rest assured that choosing to drive your car, the car of your life, on this highway called life, you can be rest assured that choosing to drive your car in the gear of the spirit and following the GPS of the spirit, that this is the most guaranteed way to reach your destiny. Why? Because the gear of the spirit and the GPS of the spirit 
is what God will use to guide you in this journey called life. That's how God will guide you. God can only guide you, communicate with you, talk to you, refuel you through the gear of the Spirit and the GPS of the Spirit. All the benefits that can help you continue driving farther down along this road of your journey called life, all the benefits can only be activated and accessible through the Spirit. So just to, in a nutshell, as we bring this to a close, the Christian checklist is just different spiritual checklists that we can use as guides to stay on the road. It's the most sure and guaranteed way for us to reach our destiny. These spiritual checklists help us to override the feelings and overcome the feelings from the, the false feeling, the false signals of feelings that we might receive through our five senses of see, test, hear, smell, touch. This is how we can override false alerts. Because the devil doesn't want you to reach your destiny. And the only way he has inroad to you is through your five senses. So how can you discern if you should accept the feeling or not? You compare or check it against a spiritual checklist. A word in the spirit. And then you say, uh-uh, I'm feeling this way, but the water God says that in this situation, this is what will happen. That's how you override false alerts by the devil through your flesh, through your feelings, and him trying to keep you kernel minded. So I just want to encourage you. First course of action is remember. What you're exposed to triggers your thoughts. Your thoughts trigger your feelings. Your feelings will trigger your decisions. Your decisions will trigger specific actions. And those actions will become your habits. Your habits will become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. How do we deal with this? Remember, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. And like I said, those who live according to their feelings will always set their minds on their feelings. But those who live according to the Spirit, Scripture says, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they are life. So for those who live according to the Word of God, the things of the Word of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, in the next episode, I'm really excited about this. We are going to jump into what I call the parent checklist. This is called the seven muscles of Christianity. See you on the next episode. This was episode three of the Christian Checklist series. In the next episode, 
We'll continue building upon the Christian checklist. What key areas should we as Christian believers routinely tune up in our believers' walk of faith? We'll also dive into our first checklist, which is the seven muscles of Christianity. Your host for today was Calvin Kavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. If I don't have you